Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our hobby farm, or how I keep things simple in my homeschool, or just my faith in general, because I truly do believe the remedy to clutter and chaos is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we desire the things of this world, and the more naturally we will want to simplify our lives. So thank you for tuning in. I have to apologize that last Friday we had every intention of putting up a podcast episode and it didn't go up. So last Friday we skipped a week. So I apologize for that. But we've had sickness in our house and I'm getting over a cold and I have my little guy tonight who's been coughing all day and he's so cute he knew I was coming in to record the podcast and he said but mommy they're gonna hear me coughing in the background (laughs) so I said that's okay honey they'll understand so if you hear someone coughing in the background that just shows what our week has been like here at our house at little love's farm um so lord willing we're over getting over these sicknesses and we'll be moving to spring and healthiness so Um, Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, how you can live out a Matthew 6.33 life in a Romans 1 world. So yeah, I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not going to really, you know, like theologically break down the verses, just more of an overview of the ideas. Before we get started, I did want to thank Apologia for being our podcast sponsor this year. Please visit Apologia.com. They have amazing resources for the Christian family. They have a lot of sales going on right now. If you're a homeschooling family, especially, you'll want to check it out because they have um, amazing homeschool curriculum. There's a new... uh, a new um, program coming out called Health and Nutrition, and it's for high schoolers for an elective. And I've had a sneak peek, and I'm telling you, it's phenomenal. So my kids are going to be using it. Check it out. Um, You can get a sneak peek soon. They're going to have samples up, and then you'll be able to order it in the spring. Um, So please visit Apologia.com and um, support them because they support us. And also our um, free trial with the Phonics Museum is ending soon. So if you go over to the phonicsmuseum.com slash simply, you can get a two week trial plus a whole bunch of other freebies to um, get this app that teaches your little ones to read. And it's really cool. It's multi-sensory. It's engaging. I've used it and I highly recommend it. So go check that out as well. So Let's get into this topic of Matthew 6.33. What does it even mean to live a Matthew 6.33 life? Well, I'm cracking up over here because that's my life verse, okay? And most of you, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, speak or write, you know that I talk about this verse often, and it's my life verse. And literally the whole passage of Matthew 6.25 to 34, um, I'm sorry, yes, 25 to 34 is pretty much my go-to all the time. Um, but have I mastered it yet? No. (laughs) Um, and this is my life goal though. And just as I sat down to do this episode, I literally sat down and was like in the microphone before I hit record, Satan, get behind me because I'm so done with him trying to attack me this week. Um, and the very things I'm going to talk about will relate to this. So, you know, it's like the more you are living for God and doing for God and putting your eyes on God, the more he's going to attack. So we really need to be um, on guard. And right now I'm on guard like never 
ever before because in two weeks I start speaking. Um, I have several speaking engagements lined up and I know this is when he will attack me. And one of the things he attacks me with is worry. And, you know, for me, the two major things I worry about are always health and finances. I'm doing a ton better with finances because I'm just like, God, it's all yours, you know, but it's taken me years to get over that um, worry about not having enough. And I have learned that Jesus is enough, right? And we Oh, he always provides for us when we follow after him. And another issue I will tend to get anxiety over is health. So, you know, give me a sick family this week and that's my go-to sin. (laughs) You know, as soon as one person coughs, oh my goodness, they have the flu. And if you read anything in the news these days, it's just terrifying. So, you know, that whole thing, um, myself, I wasn't feeling well. And I can easily go down that road of worry and to the point where I was sitting down to do this podcast and I was starting to worry about something. And I was like, you know what? That's because I'm going to get on the podcast and talk about not worrying and about living for God and seeking him first. So Satan, get behind me. (laughs) So anyway, we're going to talk about what does it mean to live as a Matthew 6 and, you know, to live out Matthew 6.33. And so let me read the verse to you. It says, um, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added to you. Now, that comes immediately after the whole passage. Like I said, that's my go-to passage about not worrying and about how God takes care of us. And, um, you know, he provides all that we need. And my go-to in life is to look inside or outside and not above. And I don't want to mean my go-to, but that's my go-to sin, (laughs) you know? And so that's why I'm constantly writing and speaking and talking about how we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. You know, when I write those things and when I speak about these things, it's not that I've achieved this goal, but this is my life um, aspiration, really, to live out Matthew 6.33. That is my life aspiration. Does it take work? Yes. It doesn't just happen. I'm like, okay, done. Check it off the list. It's a constant battle because we live here on this earth and we do have an enemy that's stalking us and um, he knows my weaknesses. And so living out of Matthew 633, life is my goal to seek him first in every single thing and let him add on to me whatever I need, right? Not me telling God, like, I need all these things and I'm going to ask for them in my prayers and please, you know, give me this and give me that. It's no, give me Jesus. That's what I want my life to be. Give me Jesus. Let me have you and everything else then falls into its proper place. Everything else is extra. Jesus is all I need. Jesus is enough. My health, yes, that's important. My kids' health, are you kidding me? That's one thing I'm going to worry about till the day I die, I know. But in reality, I have to trust God with everything, even when we're not healthy, even when tragedies happen, even when the bank account is empty, even when whatever it is that I'll want to worry about. Jesus is enough. You know, I was really sick actually this morning. And um, it was so funny because when I get sick, 
I can be a little dramatic. <laughs> like, I'm going to die, call the ambulance. And, you know, I'm not a good patient. I admit it. And so this morning I was not feeling well and I was really in a bad way. And so Steve is over there comforting me and he literally had to pray over me. And we both realized like the calm that came over me and, and how it just changed everything because he prayed over me. And, but anyway, so it passed and I felt better a little while later. And I said to him, um, you know what? I'm good. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I said, I'm ready to meet Jesus because when I'm in that place where I feel so crummy, I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I'm good to go. And I'm just teasing. Of course, you know, when God calls me home is my time and I'm certainly not wanting to die, but I'm saying, you know, like you get to that place where you have to realize that the things that we worry about, I mean, it's going to happen someday. I'm going to get sick someday. You know, my kids are going to be sick someday. Uh, he's going to call me home. So it's like, we must seek him first in order to deal with everything else that comes our way, right? Otherwise we have it all backwards. It's like, okay, God, make me healthy. Okay, God, save my life. You know, okay, God, uh, make my kids healthy. And then we'll seek after you. It's not that way. It's, I know that Jesus is enough and whatever comes my way, whether it's good or bad. I know that if I'm seeking him first, that is all I need because it says right here in the Bible, it says, and all these things shall be added to you. I don't deserve to have all of my prayers answered my way. In fact, I don't have any real say in it. God is sovereign over all. He knows what I need, even the things that are painful. He knows what we need. And so it's a hard verse for a lot of people to really, you know, it's it's one of those verses, it's like, yeah, I want Jesus first. I'm going to seek him first, but to live it out. So how do we live it out when our flesh tells us to put ourselves first? Or how do we live it out when society tells us to, to you know, put ourselves first? And in fact, I wanted to kind of compare it to our society as a Romans one society, because um, I was reading this week, in Romans, and I was like, you know, that right there is our world right now. So I'm going to read to you a little snippet from Romans 1, um, starting at verse 18. If you have a Bible and you're listening, open it up. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So I'm just looking down here. It goes on, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I would encourage you to and read the rest of um, Romans 1 and realize we're living in that time right now where the culture has traded the truth for a lie. The culture has traded God for themselves. 
the culture has traded seeking first the things of God for seeking first the things of men, for seeking pleasures wherever it feels good and whatever they feel like. And we've become a culture of, um, you know, people that whatever they feel or whatever they want or whatever they believe or whatever their opinion is, is truth. And that's a complete lie. There is only one absolute truth in this world, and that is God and his word and what the Bible says. And everything needs to be measured against that. And I am so grieved for our culture today because we are making it a, there's, there's no, the lines are becoming so blurred you know, it's, it's about what anybody feels is right is right. Just because you believe something doesn't make it true. I can look at the Bible and say, I don't believe this, but that doesn't make it not true because this is the one thing in the entire earth that is absolutely 100% true. And there's a million resources that I could give you to explain all that, because I'm certainly not going to sit here and, and like defend the entire Bible back to front of why it is absolute truth. But I believe that every word in the Bible and every word from God is absolute truth. And it's so freeing. See, our culture thinks they are free because they can do whatever they want. Our culture thinks... <laughs> this is the way to go. We're not going to be stifled by religion, which by the way, being a Christian is not about religion. We know that. Um, it's about a relationship, but society will say, I can do whatever I want and that's freedom, but it's not, it's bondage when you're doing, and you know how I know, ask me how I know I lived that way. The first 20 years of my life. It is absolute bondage. There is freedom in Christ. There is freedom in the boundaries that he has set for us. There is freedom in knowing right from wrong because then you don't have to try to, you know, it, here's the thing. If everybody is doing what they want because it feels good or it's what they believe or it's their opinion, then that's complete anarchy. How do you know what's right and wrong? There has to be a moral standard. And every day when I see the Facebook you know, feeds and the news headlines, the moral standards are going down, 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 out the window. And it's like nobody has a firm truth to turn back to. Like if everybody just knew God's word, could you imagine the world? Well, that'll be heaven someday. But you know what I mean? Can you imagine like, okay, this doesn't line up with God's word, so don't do it. But we have a culture that's like, do this, do that, because we feel like it, we like it, it feels good. It's our opinion. It's, you know, based on how we feel. But if it's not based on truth, it's not truth. So I can have feelings and I can have opinions and I can have beliefs, but they come from my belief that God's word is true. My belief that seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. So my beliefs and my opinions and my feelings and all those things are okay to have as long as they're coming from the place of God, right? So those things are an outflow of the truth, Whereas our society has it backwards. Our society is not seeking first the kingdom of God. They're seeking first the kingdom of themselves or the kingdom of man and what they believe to be true. 
And some people are doing that and then trying to add God in on top. Like I'll do all the things I want and then I'll go to church. But that's not how God is asking us to live or telling us to live in his word. Now, Matthew 6.33, like I said to me, is a verse that I desire, that is my aspiration for life, to glorify God in everything I do, to seek him first in my entire life, my homeschool, my family life, everything is about seeking him and then the rest falls into place. I seek him first. I am able to teach my kids well. I seek him first. I'm able to love my husband well. I seek him first. I'm able to not worry over every little cough and cold we have. I seek him first. I'm able to do the things I have to do daily well and the big things in life well. And I'm speaking to myself right now because I'm going to be transparent with you like I always am. I'm keeping it real here. I don't have this down pat. Karen in the flesh does not want to do this. Karen, well, trust me, I, I do want to do this. But in the flesh, it's very easy for me to get wrapped up in my own thoughts, in my own worries, in my own anxieties, in my own feelings. And I have to literally like open the Bible and remind myself what is true. My thoughts are not true unless they come from knowing God, unless they come from what God's word says. My thoughts are not true just because I want them to be. They must come from knowing the truth of God's word. And that's why I'm so passionate that people, women, get in the word for yourselves. Not because somebody's, you know, telling you about it. Not because you see a Bible verse here and there on a meme. Get in the word. Read it for yourself. The only antidote I have to my fleshy self when I am worrying or, you know, focusing on details that really don't matter or, you know, I'm in a bad place. Maybe I'm feeling anger or I'm just complaining or whatever it is, the only antidote for that is God's word. I always can feel so much better or, you know, I'm just pointed back to the truth and I take my eyes off myself because, right, we all are so inward focused and our culture right now is completely that way. And the thing that saddens me the most is our kids seeing that, you know, constant bombardment of the culture saying, you know, do what you want, put yourself first, you know, you have to do what you feel is right, and you have to do, um, you know, whatever you want is okay. Sure, if it is grounded in God's word, right? Because we are not our own gods. When, when our culture is saying that, that's where I'm saying they're exchanging the truth for a lie. The truth is that God is in control. God is the creator. We worship God. We glorify God. God is everything, and everything we do is based on him. Culture says we build our own little kingdoms. We seek after what feels good. We seek after what we want. We do what we want, and it's completely the opposite of what God's word is saying. So our Romans one world here, exchanging the truth for a lie. Um, And it's saying, you know, everybody does have that knowledge of God in them. God has shown himself in the creation and they are without excuse, but they profess to be wise and became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. So 
they're exchanging the truth for a lie. They're making idols of themselves, of whether it's career, money, wealth, you know, whatever it is, your house, you know, we can make anything an idol. That's exchanging the truth for a lie. And it doesn't even always have to look so big. Like there's the really big sins out there in the culture that we all recognize, but we do it Christians, we do it ourselves, like me. My idol can be my anxiety. My idol can be my health. Like I feel like if my health is good, then I'm good. No, God is good all the time, whether my health is good or not. God is good all the time. We must get that in our minds that seek first Him, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and then everything will be added unto you. Because honestly, there's nothing else in this world that matters if you don't have Jesus. Seek Him first. You know, I remember thinking when I was young, once I get married, I'll be happy. Once I have kids, I'll get, I'll be happy. Once I have this, I'll be happy. Once I have that. None of that matters if you don't have Jesus. You must have that rock to stand on, that firm foundation. Our life is not about us. It's about Him. And then He will add all the things to that that we need. Not necessarily that we want, but that we need. So I encourage you, get in your word every single day, not just because it's like something to do to check off your list, but really hunger and thirst. What does his word say? How can I get in his word and seek after his kingdom and his righteousness? How can I know him more? Ask him to show you. He will. He wants to show you, but you've got to get in there and you've got to, you know, study and, and, and read his word and ask him. Whenever you read a passage, say, what is this teaching me about God? Because so many of us look at it and say, what is this teaching me about me? <laughs> right? We all want to know. How does this apply to my life? How does this apply to me? How does this apply to um, the situation I'm in? Just read it and say, what is this teaching me about God? Because that's when you're seeking first his kingdom. You're not looking at his word selfishly because you want to solve a problem. I mean, I've done this in the past. Again, this is why I'm saying it because I've done it. I've done it in the past. I'm in a situation. I'm in a problem. I go to the word. I open it. I'm like, okay, God, give me a verse to speak to me about this thing. Maybe he just wants to speak to me. He wants to speak to me about the thing because I'm saying speak to me about the thing right now. Maybe he just wants me to come to him because I love him. And I want to hear what he has to say because I love him. And then he will open my ears and my heart to all the things he wants me to know. Maybe I need to put my selfish motive aside and sit and just be with him. And he will tell me what I need to know. He will provide everything for me. All I need to do is seek him. And as I was saying before, it's so freeing. It can free me of all the bondage of the sin of myself and my flesh because I know that he's in control. I know that he will only want good for me, even if it seems bad in the earthly terms. It's his plan and his purpose for me. So there's never anything to worry about because I know I'm in his hands no matter what. When I seek him first, I know that no matter what happens, I've got Jesus. It doesn't matter. Sure, it doesn't feel good. Sure, it might be scary. Sure, it might be painful on this earth. 
But I am not made for this earth. I am made for a godly heavenly kingdom. And I don't want to be like the Romans one world where I've exchanged a truth for a lie and only focus on this fleshy earth and focus on the things of this earth and focus on the man-made stuff. No, I want to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And that is my life goal. If every single morning I wake up and I repeat this verse to myself and throughout the day, and I'm just, you know, like I'm even thinking to myself right now, I'm putting this verse up. It's my favorite verse. I haven't memorized, but I need to put it up like over my desk, next to my bed, everywhere, because it's so easy to get caught up in the things of this world. It's so easy to exchange the truth for a lie because we are in this world. I need to surround myself with heavenly thoughts. I need to surround myself with the truth. It's a battle. Satan wants our mind. He wants our, um, our self to be distracted from God. Uh-uh, no way, no how. Not today, Satan. I saw that bumper sticker the other day, and I said to my daughter, I want that bumper sticker. Not today, Satan. Because you know what? I am done exchanging the truth for a lie. I am fully going to seek after his kingdom. And yes, I'm going to slip. And yes, I'm going to fall. But guess what? I will never fall so far that I can't get right back up and get further to seek his kingdom. I am not going to live in a Romans 1 world. I am going to live in a Matthew 6.33 world. And I encourage you, get in your word. Know him. Seek him. Know that he is above all. Every single thing we see around us matters, but he matters the most. And if we are seeking after him, he will take care of everything else. And our thoughts and our actions and everything we do will flow from that truth. The truth that there is one God that we are worshiping, we are glorifying, and that we are living for alone. And I encourage you to do that today. So I thank you for joining me for this episode. Um, I hope that, you know, you would share this with other people that you would feel need to hear this message, you know, share it with your, um, your friends over there on social media. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review. That really helps this um, podcast and the messages I have get out there more. Also, if you are going to be in um, any of the areas for the Teach Them Diligently conventions, I'll be speaking starting in two weeks. I can't wait in Nashville. Rogers, Arkansas, Atlanta, and Myrtle Beach. And then at the end of May, I will be speaking at the North Carolina um, Homeschool Convention, the State Homeschool Convention over there. It's called Thrive. And we'll also have an exhibitor booth there. I'm really excited about that. Simply Living for Him will have a booth in the exhibit hall. Um, And then this summer, of course, in July, I would love for you to join us for the Simply Living for Him retreat. It's just for women. It's an amazing event um, where we are going to do just this, what we just did now on this podcast. We're going to get in the Word. We're going to seek after the things of God um, in a beautiful setting. It's just a time of rest and renewal, relationships. We'll talk about simplifying, but mostly we're going to talk about Jesus. So I love for you to join us. Please go to simplylivingforhim.com slash retreats. Make sure you register soon. Um, We had a new low price that is going to go away in March because as we get closer, we need to increase the price because I need to encourage people to sign up early because the earlier you sign up, the um, easier it is for us for the planning and all the logistics. So 
I have to raise the prices at the end of March, so I encourage you, sign up now. You do not have to stay on site at the lodges at Gettysburg. That's where we'll be holding our event. You can stay anywhere in the area that you would like, but if you stay on site, we have a group code for you to get a discount. So um, please go over to the website and register as soon as you can. And um, until the next time on this podcast, I wish you blessings and joy.